that was the first season of Ultimate Fighter came out. And I remember watching it with all my teammates kind of get into it. And a kid that was that wrestled in uh, in my conference in college ended up being on there, Josh Koscheck. So, you know, right away, I seen some wrestlers do well. I think Diego Sanchez from the finals, he was a wrestler. And I'm like, I mean, these guys are doing well. I think I could, could give this a shot. I remember we're in the back. I remember this pretty specifically. My coach was like saying, all right, buddy, you got you got two weeks off. We're getting back to it. I said, I only need one. I only need one week because now I knew <laughs> I knew I knew I was now I'm finally at the top of the mountain and everyone's gunning for me. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know every single week we're going to bring you stories of athletes, celebrities, entertainers, entrepreneurs, not talking about their results. Some of that comes out, but really talking about that burn, that fire inside of them. Our guest today is a man who has lived that. In his mixed martial arts career, Frankie Edgar has spent more hours, six and a half hours in the octagon. That's more than any other fighter to ever walk the face of the earth. And we're talking about the most relentless combat sport there is. And he has reached that pinnacle in his career. UFC 112 capturing the UFC lightweight championship of the world in a unanimous decision against BJ Penn. And those things are exciting. We love hearing about the title. But what gets me fired up about the opportunity to be with Frankie today is for you to hear about his burn, a burn that had him grow up in Tom's River, New Jersey, learning how to fight, becoming an unbelievable wrestler, becoming a collegiate wrestler, going on to have this great UFC career. But you know where he's at? He's back in Tom's River raising his family because that city meant so much to him. Those are the stories that I love, that passion, that fire, where it all started, and why he's living the way he's living today, staying relentless in everything that he does. So, Frankie Edgar, and one more thing before I turn it over to you. My first year at Alabama, the strength coach was Scott Cochran. And I remember talking to Coach Cochran. And Coach Cochran, we would, you know, we'd get videos together for the guys. He'd be like, man, Frankie Edgar's the man. His fights, this dude is relentless. He'll stay in that cage forever. I even think one time he said to me, he's like, I think this dude will die in the ring before you get him out, before you get him out of that octagon. So, Frankie, I, I, I was so excited when Larry Hagner uh, connected us. But, uh, man, it is exciting to have you on the bird. Welcome to the show. No, yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, excited to be here. You got to tell your friend that uh, he's got a good taste in fighters. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I, I will make sure uh, make sure to let him know. So, let, let's start here. Growing up in Tom's River, New Jersey, right? This this passion to become a fighter, right? Training to fight from when you were a little kid. Take us there. Where, where did the passion really start to be a grappler, to be a fighter? You know, I was always a scrappy kid, I guess, you know, getting in like little scraps as a, as a kid in the neighborhood with other people. And, um, you know, I really didn't start wrestling until seventh grade. I, I did start, I did try wrestling in third grade for a little bit. My stepfather kind of showed me move, broke my collarbone. So that kind of put me out to seventh grade. <laughs> so I, you know, started wrestling seventh grade, kind of, kind of behind eight ball. I felt like I was always, you know, cl climbing up the mountain instead of, you know, being the guy on top of the mountain. So, uh, you know, that definitely, um, it drew me in, you know, the sport of wrestling, because I knew uh, with hard work, you know, you could see the, the work you put in, you could see the results quickly, especially starting at, at, at seventh grade, where I was a little behind, I had to put in a lot of extra time. And, 
and doing that early, I could see how, how, you know, putting that extra time in could, could improve your skills. And, and I was able to improve pretty quickly. And then, so you went on and you honed your skills. I mean, your boxing coaches in Tom's River, wrestling. And I, I, I know you've received training in other places as well, but it was always, it seemed like that, that homebred fighter. Then, then you go off to college. And then after your collegiate career, which was, you know, nationals every single year, right? So a, a great collegiate career. You almost immediately went into becoming a professional mixed martial arts fighter. Tell, tell us about that. How did you know, like, man, this burn is bright and I got to do this professionally, but to go to MMA? Yeah, well, you know, when I, when I finished wrestling in college, I wasn't satisfied. I, I didn't really achieve the goals that I set for myself. You know, I, I had a, a you know, pretty good college career, but, uh, you know, some things I didn't get to accomplish that I wanted to. And um, I still had that, like that burn, like you said, to compete and to still, you know, try to fulfill some, some goals that I had in mind. And, um, you know, I knew wrestling to kind of go that path would have been pretty tough, you know, based on, you know, where I was at and everything. And that was the first season of Ultimate Fighter came out. And I remember watching it with all my teammates kind of get into it. And a kid that was, that wrestled in, uh, in my conference in college ended up being on there, Josh Koscheck. So, you know, right away, I seen some wrestlers do well. I think Diego Sanchez from the finals, he was a wrestler. And I'm like, I mean, these guys are doing well. I think I could, could give this a shot. Uh, I didn't even know I was going to be a dude's professional or anything, but I just knew I could uh, do this to, you know, just kind of, I guess, kind of get that uh, that competing out of my system. And, you know, I signed up right away. And uh, I think three or four weeks later, I had my first fight. All right. So from, from that first fight, to what I mentioned, six and a half hours in the octagon, more than any other fighter to ever walk the face of the earth. Let's go back to what Coach Cochran said. I think this dude will die in the octagon before. What, what is it like for you? You're in the middle of that. Let's say a championship fight. You know, for those that, that, that don't know, the championship fights, five rounds, five minutes. What is it like for you? to be in there to that point where you say, I will stay in here, right? Unanimous decision against BJ Penn to get the title. What is it that you're thinking? What is that fire? What's that nasty place that you go to that says, I'm not getting out of this place. You know, it, it's just the, the, the will that I, there's to win. That's what it comes down to for me. That's what makes me prepare so, so much. That's what makes me put it in, you know, put it all on the line and, and pretty much will fight to the end. You know, I, you know, or at least till the ref will, will let me, you know, and, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's probably good that a referee is in there. Cause I may fight till it's all, all said and done you know, one day, but, um, you gotta wait, babe. Sorry, sorry. My daughter's running up to me real quick. I all good. <laughs> hey, that, listen, I, I mentioned it in the bio. Tell her to say hello. Yeah. Cause that's what it's all about. I admire that right there. Pretty sure I just got home from school, but yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, um, just wanting to win and, and that will that, that stuck with me, the, the pride of, and like, you know, you got to have pride. That's what I always tell, like, you know, I have, I have young a son that wrestlers and I coach young wrestlers and you want to have pride, pride up for practice, like make it like someone's always watching you, you know, like in practice, you should act like someone's always, you know, like my son, you should, should only work hard. I'm watching you make sure, make it seem like I'm watching you when I'm not, you know, and that, that's kind of how the approach you need. And that always pushed me to just, you know, push myself to the limits and, uh, and, you know, achieve the goals that I, that I set for myself. So, you know, Frankie, I, I think that's one of the things that most people struggle with. You know, so many people tell you how great they want to be, but then if you and I have a conversation with their action, man, we're reading a totally different story. We're seeing a totally different movie. So what was it for you 
that when those lights were turned out and there, there, there was no UFC headlining fight, there's no, I'm defending the title. There's no, I'm getting it. What was it for you that caused you to push to do that extra? I call it the unrequired mindset. What was it for you when nobody was watching that caused you to push that much more? I just knew what results it would bring me. You know, I knew that if, if I worked when no one was watching or I worked on the days I didn't have to, that I'm going to see results quicker. And if I say, I said, went like a typical path or maybe a half-assed approach, uh, those results may come, but they may take a little bit longer. I know if I put the time in, the results are going to come quickly. <clears throat> All right, so, so let me take you to a, a place uh, that I call the seduction of success. So many fighters, I mean, you've been around some of the best fighters in the world, right? Just spending time at that championship level, certainly athletes from all walks of life, seeing conversations, spending time with some of the greatest athletes in the world. I always have found that the highest performers, they're not seduced by success. So take us to that moment you win the belt. You're, you're there against BJ Penn, unanimous decision. You get the belt around your waist. Where did your mind go after winning? What was the, because I say it's that seduction of success, but the highest performers, they still crave more. So what was your mindset after you won that title? Yeah, after winning the title, I, uh, I remember we're in the back. I remember this was pretty specifically. My coach was like saying, all right, buddy, you got, you got two weeks off. We're getting back to it. I said, I only need one. I only need one week because now I knew, <laughs> I knew, I knew I was, now I'm finally at the top of the mountain and everyone's gunning for me. So uh, I knew that I, you know, no rest for the weary. And if uh, you, if you stay stagnant in this sport, you will be passed by. And, and I definitely put some pride the fact that I've, you know, been in the UFC for 14 years. I've been a top 10 fighter, <clears throat> you know, three different weight classes pretty much my whole time there. And, and that just shows consistency because it's just still kind of a new sport, I guess, in terms of, of other sports and, you know, it changes quickly and guys get better and better. And, you know, if you don't continue to, to try to improve, you do get passed by. So you, you can't have those times off, like no two weeks off, maybe a couple here and there, but uh, you got to get back in the grind. All right. So here's a question I got to ask, because uh, I'm guessing you may do a better job than me. So with my son, even though, I do mental training, working with athletes like you. I can't get this kid to listen. I have to get him to work. So what are the lessons? How are you getting your kid? How are you, you said you're coaching your son, and then we just saw your daughter run up. What are the lessons for those parents out there trying to motivate their kid, right? And I, I need help here. So, so bring me something good I can take to my son in the backyard today. He's a basketball well, player. Well, it's I have, I have three children. My oldest, he kind of, he, he's maybe a little, little bit doesn't want to always not the most motivated and, and, and uh, you know, not the most sports driven guy, my middle guy, he's all in and my daughter, she's still kind of young, but uh, you know, I just tell my kids, you know, at least in wrestling, cause that's, that's what I co coach them in. I tell them it's not about, it's not about winning. Cause you, you can't get make winning hang win over kids head. Cause that's just too much stress. I say, it's always, it's not about winning. It's about wanting to win and doing your best to win. And then whatever happens in the, in the end, you know, you did what you're supposed to do to make, make sure you win. And uh, the lessons that you learn, the process of trying to win and making sure you win are, are what really what the value is of sports to me. I love it. I love it. All right, Frankie. So fi final question here for you. How, how much is left in the tank and what will the real legacy of Frankie Edgar be? You know, I, I never, I always I never put a date on anything. You know, I, I definitely have uh, 
uh, at least a few more in me. Um, you know, my body's still good and I'm still pretty motivated. I, I still enjoy going to the gym. So this is all fun for me. Um, and, uh, what was the, what was the other part of the question? What, were, what is your legacy going to be, my right? Legacy. Being a, being, being a champion, more hours in the octagon, but what, what's the legacy for you? What's, what's the real impact you want to leave behind? Yeah. I just want to like, you know, when I fight, I always, people always say, you know, I, I fight with a lot of heart and, um, that, that means a lot to me because, um, you know, I, I take my craft seriously. I put everything into it and I go into every fight thinking I'm going to win and I haven't won every fight, obviously. So, uh, you know, sometimes when you walk away from those fights, they, they definitely hurt. And, um, but I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, um, this is who I am. And the, the fact that, uh, people look at me as, as a guy that never backed down or will always stand up to, or, you know, fight anybody and, and fight tooth and nail. I don't just go in there to, to, to go through the, you know, to punch in the clock and just say I was there, I go in there to, to, to make sure I do it right and, and, and give it my all. So, you know, for my kids watching or other kids at home, uh, you know, whatever you do, just make sure you give it your all and uh, and just try your best. Uh, the, the multiple weight classes, you know, being a champion, doing it at, at this level, you know, what I admire about what you just said is that uh, you didn't win every fight. And I actually, this, this, I want to mention, you know, we have a, a common friend in Tyron Woodley, one of my closest friends in the world, actually a pair of signed gloves, uh, right, right above my head from Tyron. And I know you guys have had some good times together and, you know, Tyron would tell you that, you know, these last few fights he's had have not been the fights that he wanted to have, but that doesn't make a man, a handful of fights that didn't go the way you wanted them to go. And I think it, it's such a powerful thing for people to hear from you. You haven't won every fight, but you are a champion dominated at multiple weight classes. You know, you aren't done yet. And I, yet, and I think for everybody, I hope that that's what they can hold on to from what you said. Cause I think that's so powerful. We live in a world where everybody defines themselves on their results and results are important, but I always look at the entire body of work. And yes, you've had some losses. You've had some unbelievable wins. You and I both know you have a Hall of Fame career. And uh, it's only a matter of time. Although, hey, you're going to have to stop fighting and stop that ticker on the number of hours in the octagon for them to put you in the, uh, in the Hall of Fame. But uh, I think we both know that that'll happen. But I think that's a pretty powerful lesson. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll see how much more time we could, uh, we could put on that, uh, on that ticker. And uh, we'll take it from there. <laughs> Well, Frankie, thank you so much for joining us for The Burn. And to each and every single one of you, I want you to think about where you are right now. Think about where you are on your journey. Think about the individuals that have helped you on your journey. That's one of the things in learning about Frankie's career, starting, as I mentioned, in Tom's River, being back raising his children in Tom's River, never forgetting where he came from and never allowing that burn to go out, being a champion, as I mentioned, more hours in the octagon than any fighter, and he's not done yet. So don't be content where you are right now. Maybe things haven't gone your way. Stay in the ring. Continue to fight. Your work isn't done yet. Don't wait on the sidelines. Don't wait outside that octagon. Make sure that you continue to fight. Make sure that you continue to believe in yourself. And make sure to share this episode with somebody that needs to connect to a fire like Frankie has to help them stay in the ring because there are people waiting around to see what happens and that doesn't get you very far in life. Stay connected to the burn, stay connected to that drive, stay connected to our show every single week 
And make sure to also down in the caption, make sure to grab our course for your prize fighter day to lock in on what it takes for you to win one day at a time. Thank you for joining us for the birth. This episode of The Burn Podcast is powered by BenNewmanCoaching.com, your number one source for increasing consistency in your life and building the mental toughness habits required to live the life of your dreams. From self-paced courses to live coaching with Ben and everything in between, head over to BenNewmanCoaching.com and join the thousands of members working to unlock their peak performance every day.